Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm fired up for you guys today for we talk about shifting through the fear of staying the same to going to the unknown with Daya Manual. And let me tell you, this episode is so fun, so energetic, and he just truly brings such a positive light and spin and inspiration to truly transforming your life and living it with such fulfillment. And I can't wait for you guys to get listening. So let's get to it. Hi, Daya. How are you? I'm great, Candice. And how are you? I am fantastic. (laughs) I'm excited to have you on my podcast. Um, You were actually on somebody's that I know's podcast, and I didn't connect the dots until you (laughs) reached out to me, and they had actually just released your podcast, Rory Mitchell. Yes. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So I was like, oh my God. And I, your little clip that he posted, I was like, yes. And I loved it. And then, so when I connected the dots, I was like, oh, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. Small world though. You know, it's, it's funny how, and the world just seems to get smaller, you know, isn't it interesting when you start to look at how things connect and, 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 it's clear it is all connected yeah. uh, sometimes quite literally uh, <laughs> sometimes not so literal but uh, either way I'm so happy that we've connected and uh, I'm honored for the opportunity to, to have a conversation with you today this is gonna be great oh yes it is um, I'm so excited to pick your brain on a lot of different things uh, my first question for you though I like to just have some fun especially since like this whole COVID thing started taking uh, yeah. over um what are your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why well i really like the praying hands you know like i'm a big fan of it. it's probably also because after living in bali for two and a half years with my family uh you know these types of gestures they they just yeah. it means a lot you know it's it's that common thank you and a greeting it's just it's very culturally relevant there, but I, I just, I loved it when it was really adopted as one of those emojis. And it's one of the ones I, I do use frequently. Um, I also love the high five emojis. High yes. fives. Because yes. I mean, what what better captures that that acknowledgement, but also that excitement and energy than a good high five, right? Yes, so, yes. So, so high fives is the next one. And you know what? I, I like the winky face, you know, like that little wink is that sort of inside acknowledgement. It's that that connection that you have with people. But it also it's a nice way to sort of sign off a sentence to bring some lightness to it and, and to sometimes intimate that, hey, this may be a serious comment. And if taken out of context, it might be taken very seriously. But it's really easy to sort of water it down a little bit and bring down the tension with a little winky face on the end, you know, so <laughs> yeah. so. So those are the three that I tend to use. And then the poop emoji every once in a while, you know, it's uh, what goes wrong with the poop emoji. I mean, any piece of poop with eyeballs and a smile, it's okay in my books, you know, because so, uh, <laughs> it happens. It really happens. It does. It, <laughs> it does. That is amazing. I love it. All right. So there's a couple of things, like there's a couple of ways that I, that I want to go about this and it all kind of I guess tails into you and your story and that's one of them because 
you started coaching well you are a coach and help others within storytelling and how to go about telling their story and and how Mm. to show up within their story but I want to learn about you and your story what led you into wanting to coach people and 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 to use their story for the for the good to help them propel themselves well you know what I I think back I mean I, I think often a lot of our own beliefs are modeled based on early experiences in our life or based on real, you know, you call them those turning points in our lives where something impactful happens. You know, it's kind of where we feel that we've, you know, to play out a cliche or a metaphor, depends how you want to look at this. Some people think it's overplayed, but, you know, we've often heard the reference, the fork in the road, you know, you yep. come to that V in the road and I can go left, I can go right. And, and I think when we look at our own life and some of our experience, We've approached those forks in the road lots and lots and lots of times where we could have easily said yes or no. Could have said, yeah, I'm going to do that or no, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, we justify the decisions all the time, but sometimes those decisions are influenced out of necessity. Those are some of the biggest learning moments, not only for ourselves, but when we share those moments, that's what connects us all. You know, and, and it's like, why did I choose to make that decision that I did? And how did it impact my life ever since? You yes. know, how did things improve? How did they get better? Because that's what we learn. We do learn through storytelling. Uh, Joseph Campbell wrote The Power of Myth. And in it, he talks about the hero's journey. You know, he was the one that coined that term. And, and he looked at history of storytelling. And it's how we learn. It's how we remember. Like today, you know, those that are listening or watching this, this conversation between you and I, it's the stories that they're going to remember and how those stories made them feel versus all the little stats and the doodads and the little clever little quotes that we say, you know, it's, yeah. it's always, it's the story because yes. we can relate to the story because we can often see ourselves in the story as that yes. protagonist. And, and so that's why I love storytelling. I, I, and especially we all can talk. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course, I won't say we can all talk. My, my grandparents were deaf mutes, so they didn't talk. They talked with their hands and through the written word, but they wouldn't orate, right? They wouldn't speak yep. their stories, but they would, they would still tell stories. They just had to learn different modes to do so. And yes. I, I'm a big fan that anybody can learn how to share. Uh, my, my, recently, I, I did a TEDx talk, and I, I, and I talked about vulnerability it being a human quality not a man quality, not a female quality, not a gender neutral quality. It's a human quality. Yes, yes. <laughs> have, but, but when you bring that element of vulnerability, not for shock and awe, as Brene Brown will sometimes refer to it, you know, we won't be vulnerable to shock people, you know, right? Not to awe them, not to be like, hey, look at me. We're, yeah. we're being vulnerable to build connection. But when we're vulnerable in our stories, it brings a whole different level of connectivity between the audience, the person that's hearing the story and the person that's telling it. So that's that's really the nut of it, you know, because I learned as soon as I started opening up and sharing some of my moments where I came to a fork in the road and I made a decision based out of what I believed was a necessity, you yeah. know, I was more afraid of not changing than I was of changing. Yes. And that made it easy to just say, okay, well, I'll just try something different and thankfully, you know, you trust in yourself, you trust in the ability to find support and help and to learn and to grow. And yeah, sometimes it's a leap of faith, but 
we make the leap of faith and, and we come at it on the other side, usually changed. Yes. You know, and I, I will argue often, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, we often evolve and improve based on the experience. But only if we take time to reflect on it, what was the learning? And there's no better way than learning and really learning than when it comes to teaching and sharing. When we teach and share, we yes. learn it even deeper. So th that's what got me excited. I'm, I'm all about how do we encourage others to tell their stories, you know? Yeah. And uh, I love what you do because you have amazing stories and you make them readily available for a very wide audience. And, you know, sometimes that's all we need to, to well, I think back and some of the most impactful moments in my life where I've made some big changes, I wouldn't have been as quick to make the changes had I not already heard a story of someone else that's made similar changes, right? Yes, like yes, it's that yes. me too, you know, I'm not talking yes. about the me too movement. I mean, there's a lot of storytelling in that and, and aligning of people with similar values and beliefs, yes. but just that ability for someone to say, yeah, me too. I've had that experience and I'm okay. You'll be yes. okay too, you know? And, yes. and, and so that's what got me excited. That's, that's sort of what brought me here. Yeah, I want to talk about some of your challenges. I did, I did do a little bit of reading, and you did send me a little kind of a bio. <laughs> um, you, you wrote down you were an obese child. So let's talk yeah. about <laughs> your challenges within developing a more healthier lifestyle for you and, and how you started to change the story that you were telling yourself on how mm. you saw yourself as that obese child and kid growing up. Hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it's, that was one of the first real big moments where I can say, you know, I came to that fork in the road and, and I chose health, you know, or, or really the idea that I could change versus the idea that I'm stuck in this, this, this body, in this current state of living. And I didn't yes. feel like I was living, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but, you know, as a morbidly obese teenager, and to date myself, you know, this is 30 years ago, when I was 14, I'm 44 now. So at, at, at 14, that was when I was my largest. And okay. it, it was challenging, you know, but it didn't happen overnight. And I think people have to understand this, like when we think about our health, our health typically doesn't change like that, right? It doesn't nope. change in an instant. It doesn't change. Like we go to bed one night, we wake up the next morning. And, oh my gosh, I'm dying. You know, like, yep. and now it feels like that at the time, because all of a sudden we go from, you know, this isn't even an idea that's on my radar to, oh my goodness, this is my new reality. It yes. happens very quickly that we all of a sudden become very present and aware to it, but there's usually been a buildup that brings us to that moment of clarity and acceptance, yes. whether we like it or not. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is where I'm at, you know, and I got myself here. And, you know, so for five years, I just had a lifestyle that was conducive to being that unhealthy. You know, I played video games, I watched movies, and I ate a lot of food that was very rich in calories, but very poor in nutrition. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and that was my lifestyle. So you can imagine five years of that compounded to a point where all of a sudden, you know, it's not like I woke up and I'm like, whoa, where did this extra hundred pounds come from? It, it was gradually put on. And I think that's the thing we have to understand when it comes to our health. It's the things that we do that are the small little things that we don't think very much about in the moment. Yeah. But when you extrapolate that up over time, 
over your life. Those little deposits can work in our favor or they can work against us. And in my case, it worked against me. I kept putting weight on. So my health deteriorated bit by bit by bit, which also affect my mental health, my emotional health. Uh, even I'd go as far as to say with, I wouldn't have said this back then when I was 14, cause I didn't have the, the, the understanding I do now, but I would even say my spiritual health. And what I mean by that is just my, my connection with my purpose. Cause I didn't really feel I had one at that point. Yes. I almost like felt lost. Right. So yes. I woke up one day, I was at my dad's having about to have a shower. My dad decides to rush me out because we had some place to go. I don't remember where my brother and I would stay my dad's we'd see him every other weekend so we'd sit at his place and this is one of those weekends and I'm there and I had a little hack that every time I get in the shower I turn the water on super hot because it would create a lot of that condensation and I knew if I was in the shower long enough with that kind of heat that when I would get out of that shower to towel off the mirror would be completely covered in condensation all fogged up so this way I'd never have to see myself yeah. Like even when I'd have to brush my teeth at the end of the day, I'd look to the shower, I'd look at the door, I'd walk around the apartments or the home, but I wouldn't look at myself. I avoided acknowledging who I was because every time I saw it, there's a lot of disgust, a lot of hate, a lot of disappointment, a lot of unhappiness. I was being reminded that this is me, this is my life, but I didn't want to accept it, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it, it, it was hard. You know, I was very depressed, very withdrawn and, and dealt with stress and anxiety and a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, but I, I often tie back a lot of those things that I was feeling was a, a more of a byproduct of based on my unhealth, my, my lifestyle choices. And I wasn't doing myself any favors living the life the way I was living it. I had lots of support though around me. And I don't want people to think, oh, I had a rough childhood. That's not the case. I had a great childhood. I had very caring and loving parents. Um, but they did enable me, you know, uh, a lot. And what I yeah. mean by that is the, you know, the types of foods they would provide, the snacks they bring home, the, the kind of role modeling they did with their own lives. They weren't the healthiest of people either. So, yeah. you know, just based on that predicament, it wasn't their fault. It was just, that's just what the hand they was knew. that was dealt. That's just what yeah. it was, you know? So yeah. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any other way. So, you know, here I was being rushed by my dad that Saturday morning and he's like, we got to go. So you got to be quick. So I'm in there, in and out. I get out of the shower and I'm toweling off and just, I can see my profile in the mirror. And I don't know why, Candace, but I, I decided to turn and I locked eyes with myself. And I just oh, felt this feeling of just this overwhelm, this, this deep emotions just taking over. And, and I started to do the scan. I'm, I'm bringing my gaze down to my chest down to my belly, back to my chest, back to my locking eyes. By this point, I should be toweling off again because I'm uncontrollable sobbing. I just felt like if there's ever that cliche, you feel like you're on rock bottom. (laughs) I, I feel that that was the rock on top of me. And it was in that moment where I realized, and, and, you know, this all happens very quickly. It's not like I sat there having this deep conversation with myself. It, yeah. it kind of just happened in an instant where I started to realize that, you know what, if I'm honest with myself, this person that I'm looking at that I'm not liking right now, if I have to guess what I'll be like when I'm 20 years old, five years from now, yeah, 
I don't think it's going to be any easier than it is right now. And there's a, there's a bit of a, a fear that comes up when you start to acknowledge that, you know what, life will not be any easier than it is right now. And right now it feels pretty damn hard. But that's if I keep doing the things that I'm doing and I keep yeah. living as I'm living. And so over here is the other option, which is completely different, completely unknown to me. There's a lot of fear pushing back on me to make some changes here, but I'm like, I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. Yep. I really want that change. I don't know how I'll do it. I don't know where to begin, but I know I want that. And so it ultimately came down to this. I was more afraid of staying as I was and not changing than I was of the idea of changing. Yeah. And that's when I knew I was ready to make a change. I came out of that bathroom and I was just like, dad, you know, of course I went and got dressed and <laughs> came out into the living room and said, dad, I, I, I don't want to be fat anymore. I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. I, I, I don't want to be like this anymore. And there must've been something in my conviction, the way I said it, the way I was carrying myself because he could tell I was serious. Yeah. Like for once it was me wanting to make changes for me, not me making changes because everyone's saying, oh, die, you should do this. You should do that. And me making decisions because I think it's what everybody wants of me. For once, I was making a decision for me. And, and so he took me out that afternoon and because I was very serious. I was like, can we go buy me a bike? I want a bike. I want to start cycling every day. I knew that would be great for physical fitness and activity. I also knew it could be very private. No one had to see me. We lived out yeah. in a rural part of Ontario, just outside of Toronto, lots of farmlands. So as soon as I got into downtown, the downtown area, uh, I was out in farmland. So very private. I could just go and work out on my own. I didn't want to be in a gym. I didn't want to have a personal trainer. I didn't want any of that stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to do my thing on my terms. Yes. And, and so he supported that. My mom and dad bought, agreed, bought me a bike. And, and I just started cycling every day. Went to the library, got books out on nutrition and fitness and just started to educate myself, change how I was thinking. And I was consistent with the commitment every day, just a little bit, just a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit every day. And you know what? 20 months later, I released all that weight. I put on some lean muscle mass. I changed my habits, my lifestyle, and I became this healthier individual. And it got me really excited about coaching because I naturally attracted people that saw that change in me over that two-year span, yep. especially friends of my parents. And they start would come around our place and be like, hey, you know, thinking that they'd come to see my mom and they'd be, well, we'll say hi to your mom after. We actually want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, all these changes that you made with your health and fitness, we want to make some changes. Can you give us some advice? Yeah. For the first time in my life, you know, at 17 years old, I'm like, you care about what I have to say? <laughs> I can add value to your life? Really? Me? You know, and, and that was my first taste of coaching and mentorship and being on the other end, not just the receiving end. And yes. that's when I got excited for coaching and helping others with creating change, not only creating it, but sustaining it. And, yes. and so that's, you know, now, gosh, a long time, 30 years later, I'm still doing it. You know, lots of different ways, but that's sort of the, the origin story, how things all got started was, was that. So I, I feel for people that are struggling with health challenges because it's reoccurred for me in a few times in my life. You know, I've got a chronic autoimmune disease I was diagnosed with maybe seven, eight years ago now. And uh, so I had to make some adaption, adaptations based on that news and what I learned, but yeah. I'm, I'm not a, a victim of that. I just have learned how to, to thrive within that. But yes. I had to change some things. So I had to change a little bit of how I was living life, but I'm not going to let it affect my quality of life. You know, it's just, it's just an aspect of who I am, but it doesn't define who I am. 
So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, I, I feel for people that are in that place, but realize this, I'll close it on this, you know, this, this, this side story here is that at any given moment, there's an opportunity to make a change and it starts with a decision. That's it. it starts with the decision that yes, I'm going to make some changes. And after that decision, you just got to follow it up with some action. Just do one little thing, one little thing that's going to start to produce the change and then do it again. And then again, yes. and then again, and just trust that over time, good things will happen. And I'll tell you from everything I've experienced and from what I've seen with my clients, what I've seen from people outside doing similar things, it's always possible. Yes. You know? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I love that. I love that. So within that leading up to you coaching and, and diving in and helping people, I want to talk about purpose. Is mm. coaching your purpose or is, is there something deeper within mm. what you do within your coaching that is your purpose? And how does somebody find it within their own life? And, and how mm. do they pursue it? Or is it a, just naturally a part of them? Are we our own purpose? <laughs> What's purpose to you? Super question. I love it, Candice. And, you know, when I think about purpose, I, it depends on your perspective and understanding of the word, right? Some people use the term meaning, some use passion, some use vision. The Japanese call it ikigai. The definition, basically, you know, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you get up? What's your reason, easy thing to tackle? to answer, to even start to create space in our lives to answer the tough questions. Like what is my meaning for my life? You know, and I think that's the better way to say it rather than saying, what's the meaning of life? That is a very vague question because it depends on who's defining it and who's talking about whose life, yes. right? Um, because the, 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 the funny thing about the question is that we ourselves give the question meaning. We give ourselves our own meaning in life. We define that. So whatever the answer is that we want to give is actually the right answer. But I didn't always think that. I got to be fair, you know, and, uh, you know, there's been some great reading that I've had. And it, it, there's a wonderful book by Viktor Frankl, Dr. Viktor Frankl. Uh, he, he since passed a long time ago, but uh, he experienced World War II from the perspective of, of being uh, it's just an awful perspective, to be honest, and I don't wish it upon anybody, but him, his family, his friends, uh, his communities were all heavily persecuted and, and sent to various concentration camps, you know, being of Jewish descent and uh, German uh, Jewish yeah. descent, especially like it, it was awful what he had to endure. And, and not only that, but his communities and, you know, but the interesting thing was Viktor Frankl was a psychologist. And so, you know, going into this with that kind of awareness, self-awareness and, and just understanding and knowledge, he, he had a very interesting perspective when it came to retelling the story of what his experience was like at the concentration camps. So the first half of the book, he's just talking about it. And it's awful. Like it is very graphic. It is not an easy or pleasant read, but you have to understand that it gives us perspective when we acknowledge that these things happen. We can't yes. avoid it, you know, and. And, but the second half of the book, all he talks about is, is this idea uh, that, that he basically coined called logotherapy, which is this idea of purpose and, and discovering our purpose or defining our purpose and allowing that to help us make our decisions and to live ultimately our, our best life, you know? And because when we align our decisions with that, it's a lot easier to be 
heavily convicted that we're making the right choices, right? And just lean in and go for it. And, but if we don't have that, we're not clear on that. We tend to procrastinate. We put things yes. off, you know? And the way he talked about it was like, to summarize sort of this thing, he sort of paraphrased a, a quote by Nishi. And, and it was like, you know, with, with a strong enough why, we can endure any how. So, you know, if you, you, you have a strong sense of purpose, it doesn't matter what life throws at you. You, you will be resilient. You will get through it. You will be okay. It's a nice way to look at things. It doesn't, I mean, it's hard depending on where you're at in life and what you're experiencing to, to be that optimistic yeah. <laughs> all the time. Right. And, and, and it, trust me, I'm not that optimistic all the time, but I, I try to learn from the challenges and, and I don't run away from them where in the past yes. I have in the past I have, I'll be honest, but I realized that it only made things worse. So, you know, so it's learning a new way of dealing with things. So to, to answer your question, you know, what, what, what is my purpose? Well, I know that I, I have a couple of different ideas, but I, there, there's certain things that bring me a lot of value in life, make me feel very fulfilled in life. Because ultimately, I think we all are deserving of living a life where we feel a great deal of happiness, lots of joy, but more importantly, also a sense of fulfillment. Yes. You know, yes. And, and Joseph Campbell calls it following your bliss. And, and I always resonated with that. You know, he, he created what we refer to as the hero's journey as well. And, and when you start diving into these aspects of, of story, like where we started our conversation today, yes. we start to realize that there's a certain characteristics that we all share, certain ways of being that we all share. It, we're, yes. we're all so much more alike than we are different. Yes. You know, and, and yes. what I struggle with, other people struggle with. What I am successful with, other people are successful with. We, we all are only a, a degree of separation away very often, you know? And, and I think once we start to truly grasp that, we don't feel so alone. It, it's a little bit easier to start creating space for us to, to, to explore the tough questions. Like, what makes me feel fulfilled? Like, that often involves us just trying a bunch of different things. Yeah. Trusting our instincts and going for something completely different. And I'm not saying quit a career, go move to Thailand. Like, hey, if you feel that that's your path and that's your calling, go for it. Yes. But yeah. don't be afraid to explore. And it might involve a lot of change. But what's the potential outcome? Well, your happiness, your fulfillment, your joy in life, to live your best life. And I think we're all deserving of that. So, you know, I know I'm not answering the question 100%, like, what is my purpose? My purpose has changed. Right now, my purpose is my family. It's also how I show up in the world. You know, I believe that my faith, yeah. and when I say faith, it's the faith in humanity, that I just want to leave this place better than it was when I got here. You know, so that that often fuels a lot of the decisions I make and how I show up. So that, that for me right now makes me feel very fulfilled every day. Do I get to have a conversation or create some content that can inspire one person to just maybe shift their perspective ever so slightly that they realize, oh, you know what? Maybe there is more that I can be doing right now to yeah. shift my own life, to take control of this situation that I've found it and I've thought of as being very overwhelming. But all of a sudden, you know, you shift that perspective ever so slightly, we all of a sudden realize, oh, that big obstacle that was in front of me. Well, if I just turned a little bit over here, a few degrees to the right, there's actually a little path that goes around that obstacle. Oh, well, who knew, you know? Yeah. And I like to think that I can be that guy that can else 
help people shift that perspective ever so slightly. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I know what to do now. Great. Okay. Okay. Coach, thanks. I got this. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. You know, so it's <laughs> that, that, that sort of is how it goes, you know, and, uh, yeah. um, but you know what, we have to create space and be okay with just having these conversations when they come up, but they're not always easy to have, right? No, no. I was, I was actually going to tie in, tie in stories. And do you believe that when we get stuck in certain stories about ourselves or how mm. we view or perceive our, our life, do you find that that's where a lot of people stay in a, a state of some sort of suffering and they don't find their purpose? Mm or fulfillment or bliss. Yeah. yeah, I think you know you're you're spot on there because I, I mean Buddha 2500 years ago, I mean he told us that nothing stays as it is. Everything's always changing. So and you know science is now caught up to what Buddha was talking about and we've proven it with science that you know everything's in flux. Everything's changing. Different degrees, different different speeds, right? Like a rock is a rock is a rock in our lifetime. It will yep. always look like a rock. Uh, but yeah, you put that rock in a stream, it eventually becomes part of the stream, right? Like it's, yes. things are constantly in flux and constantly changing. Our bodies are living proof of that. We're changing every single day, you know, cells are dying and being reborn and things are happening. We recognize that it's happening. We can't necessarily explain that all these things are happening, but we don't deny them. And and I think a lot of the things that we do in our own lives, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we, we instinctively know what's best for us, but we sometimes get very good at ignoring it because it does involve change. So we're very change averse, right? Like we, we, yeah. we push back on change. And, and so to come back to that idea of suffering, you know, as, as Buddha referred to it, and it's been, you know, even if you go into like Eckhart Tolle's power of now, and there, there's some other great books that talk about this, this idea of getting stuck, right? Getting stuck and yeah. trying to keep things just as they are. And it's hard, right? Because yeah, is there suffering in life? Sure there is. Is there ways of alleviating that or lessening it? Sure. Yeah, yep. there is. It will pass. As he said, this too shall pass. But he was also talking about the great things in our lives. You know, like the things that we love, right? Like those great conversations, you know, that, yes. that, that raise you get at work or that, that firstborns, that secondborn, thirdborn job, whatever. The day you get married, the day that you met your partner for life. Like there's all these wonderful things, but they too change and pass yeah and and so if we're so committed to trying to keep things just as they are we welcome a lot of suffering and unhappiness in our lives because of that right yes. and 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 i think there's that constant reminder is appreciating things for what they are right now but realize that they change and that's just part of existing yeah. right and i think it feels a little bit i i know i'll speak for myself you know for myself just as i've wrestled through some of these concepts and ideas and and come to terms as it relates to my life and how yeah. I show up for people. I found a lot of comfort. You know, I, I don't feel I know everything. I know very little, to be honest. <laughs> but I know enough to, to find fulfillment for myself. To create an impact. To, to feel that I'm leaving this planet better than it was when I got here. You know, like that is where I find a lot of purpose, a lot of fulfillment. A lot of just joy in life is that. Now, I don't get so 
for those that are listening, you know, like one of the things I like to always ask people is like, if you sit down and give yourself a blank piece of paper and actually write down at the top, you know, what do I want for my life? It's a big question. And a lot of people will find themselves staring at that piece of paper for a very long time. Maybe yeah. like, I had clients say, can you just ask me what I'd like on my pizza tonight or what I want to watch on Netflix? Cause I can probably spend less time answering that than telling you what I want for my life. And I'm like, fair enough. It doesn't make the question any less important though. You know, just based on the degrees of difficulty to answer it, it, it doesn't mean it's not a question to ask, but it is a question to take time to, to think about and, and yes. to really don't be afraid of what comes up. And, and if that intimidates you, put it the, right underneath it. Okay, what don't I want in my life? Because sometimes it's easier to say, I know I don't want any of this. You know, yeah. like, like I don't want toxic people in my life. I don't, I don't want any of that. And so by acknowledging, I'm like, okay, well, what do I want is the opposite. Okay. I want people that love life. I, yes. I want more people that love power of community, realize that interhuman connections is really what makes life beautiful. I want people yes. that want and welcome that into life. People that are positive minded. Those are what I want more of in my life. I don't want toxic people in my life. So, you yeah. know, you start to set a little bit of parameters. So slowly you start to create a picture of what it is you're looking for. And as you get clearer of the picture, making choices and decisions become easier and easier and easier. And, and that's it, you know, like, it, cause it's, yeah, you're asking the right questions, but sometimes we don't give ourselves enough time to answer them, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'd love to invite those that are listening or watching, you know, like just try this, right. If, you know, next time you're having to sit down for a coffee, a tea, a smoothie, whatever, just blank piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And, and just the question at the top, what do I want for my life? And you can write anything that you want, anything at all. You want yes. a million bucks? Well, put it down. Put it down that I, I want a million dollars. Okay, great. I'd like you to qualify that. Follow up. Why do you want a million dollars? And now you'll have some other answer. And I want you to say, okay, well, why that? I want you to do the why a few times. You'll eventually get to something, something at the, 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 the core, which is often very telling as it relates to other areas of our life. So like for me, you know, wanting, if I wanted a million dollars, which I don't, but if I did, I would think about what the money could provide me as far as impacting more people. Yes. I already have that connection. I know that's what I would use it for. It's how I would, would, would reinvest it, you know, how, again, cause it aligns with this idea of, I want to leave this place better than it was when I got here. So yeah. creating more wealth is a great opportunity to do more of that than I see the connection now. So it makes it easier for me to have that drive and to go after that goal because I see how it relates to everything else in my life. Yes. Makes sense? Is this like yes? I know yeah. I, sometimes I feel like I, I get going. It's like drinking from no, a fire hose, it's... right? So it's like, oh <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I yeah. love it. No, it's yeah, it has to it has to be something that resonates with you and, and has to have a, a like you said, the the why of it, if it, if it's mm. deep enough and it and it's powerful enough, it will it will conquer all the hows of, of yes that come in your way. That's right. Um within within change and and stories how mm. do we um how do we get out of 
a story that we might be mm. of a victim or like we like to get we like to stay stuck in because it feels comfortable or yeah. it's easy for us to stay in but we want something different how do we change that story so we're not stuck there and we're and we're writing a new story for ourselves mm. That's a wonderful question. And I wish there was an easy answer. And I know, depending on who you ask that question of, there's always going to be different ideas or strategies or actions that people can take. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to muddy the waters. I'm here just to say, you know, if one solution doesn't work for you, try something else. Don't give up on it. And a lot of this has to do with just our belief systems and where what formed or influenced our early beliefs. It, it, as far as we're concerned, as far as our concern about herself is, you know, like I, I'm just talking about from a personal standpoint, right? Like, so yeah. if you have a personal belief about yourself, a person, uh, an opinion that you have yourself, like for a long time, well into my twenties, even into my early thirties, I still believed I was that little fat kid. Like there was a lot of emotional drama pent up there that I just kept carrying it. Now it showed up differently, but it definitely, that, that, it would come up a lot when I wasn't looking after myself, especially my self-care habits. So if I wasn't working out regularly, you know, like just moving my body, getting yeah. up for walks, doing something in nature, reading or listening to positive messages. So there's these little self-care habits, mental health yeah. habits that when I'm not doing those, it's amazing how all these negative thoughts or opinions of myself will all of a sudden bubble up to the surface again. And when I find that happening, I'm like, is this true? I ask myself, okay, this idea of this person who I think I am, is this true? Is this who I really am? And most of the time, it's never true. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Am I still that morbidly fat kid? Am I still that shy dealing with anxiety and stress and all this other things and all the other negative emotions? Am I still that person? Of course, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I know I'm not. I've changed. It's been 30 years since that point. I've done a lot of things in 30 years. Yes. How is this either holding me back or most of the time, I usually ask people, it's like, look for the positive in that belief. How is that belief serving you? You know, and yeah. for me, it wasn't serving me because it's a silly question. Like, how is me believing that I'm still that morbidly obese fat kid and that nobody loves and nobody wants? How does that belief continue to serve me? Well, it doesn't. I'm not going to say, oh, it serves me this way. And I, so then why do I let it keep coming up? Right. And, and there comes a point where you just have to let go. And, and sometimes we're conditioned. Sometimes it's a lot more complicated than that. And that's where I, I you know, I, I'm very grateful. I worked with a psychologist for three months. I also had a, a counselor I worked with for about four months. Uh, this is 11 years ago. I had these, this, this one year, I, 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 my TEDx talk talks a bit about this. And, and you know, because I, I went from eating foods to coping to using alcohol as a coping mechanism. So you can see I sort of shifted from one thing to the next, even though on the exterior, I look pretty healthy on the inside, emotionally, especially I, I wasn't the healthiest of people. And, and so I was coping with that with, with alcohol. And I won't go into all that story because it's a whole nother story entirely. But, uh, you know, I, I recognize there's people out there that have training to ask the right questions and, and give us the right feedback and guide us through that process of releasing some of that past trauma past belief systems. And, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm the person that can help people with that. I've supported some, but 
this is where leaning out and, and, and really finding some people that have specialization that can be really worthwhile. And it's not something that you're making like a lifelong commitment. I'm going to have to see this person for the rest of my life. That, that wasn't the case. I saw the psychologist for three months. At three months, we got to the end of it. And I'm like, thank you. High five, doc. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel great. I got this. I know, like, I just needed that support. You know, I just needed some support. Yes. I need someone to help guide me to make the right decisions or to ask the right questions. And, and that's what I say to everybody, you know, if there's something that's holding you back right now, limiting your happiness, it doesn't have to be there. You know, ask yourself, how's this serving me? And you'll probably say, well, it's not great. Do you want it to change? Yes, I do. Awesome. If you don't know how to do that yourself, find people that can support you at least yes. right now, just to get started yes. and, and be amazed at what happens, you know? And I, and I always say the easiest thing to start for anybody is your physical well-being. Start moving your body every day with a little bit of purpose. This could be going out for a walk for an hour a day, getting some fresh air, walking, listening to maybe an inspirational podcast like yours, Candice, or yeah. listening to a, a great audiobook, a TED talk, filling your mind with something positive while you're doing something good for your body. Yes. You just start doing that one habit and you do it regularly every day. I, I dare people to try to write me a month after doing that. If you do it for four weeks straight, 28 days. You, you will, everything will change everything. And people are like, that's all I got to do. I'm like, it's the least you should be doing. <laughs> like, yeah, you deserve yeah. this. You deserve this. I see the light in you. I see the great person that you are and, and you deserve this, you know, yes. and I want yes. you to see it, that you deserve it. I want yes. you to acknowledge that you deserve it, you know? And, and so that, that's like the one simplest you know, that's been a guiding principle for me is my daily activity. And for the last 30 years, it's been part of my everyday, you know, and uh, I, I, it's helped so much in so many ways. So oh, I love that. So, I love that. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like it. Cause it's leading me into my final question for you. But before I ask that, sure. where can my listeners find you? I'm most active when it comes to social media on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. You just got to type in my name, Di Manuel, D-A-I, last name Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. It's a nice thing about having a unique name. I'm really easy to find. And in all my social handles on all the platforms, it's just my name. So, uh, but if you're looking for articles to help you live your best life and start living into some of the changes, uh, my website, DiManuel.com has about 1800 articles now. And, and every day, some new content goes up. It's all free resources there. I, I just tell people that's a great place to start. It is a little bit like a rabbit hole. So be warned. Uh, I have a lot of people that go there and they get stuck on the site, but only because they're learning so much. Um, so it. if you're ready to learn, ready to be inspired, ready to grow and change, it's a great resource. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. My final question for you is what sure. is your perspective on positivity? I, I believe positivity is a choice. It's a choice. You know, we, 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 it's a, it's a point of view. It's an opinion. It, it's a way of being like, there's lots of different ways of sort of interpreting positivity, but for me, it's just showing up ready to look at the glass as being half full versus half empty. Yes. It's my chosen perspective because I'd rather look at everything as being amazing then looking at things with a critical judgmental eye and saying, yeah, it's okay, but, you know, that conditional, but. Like, I always turn this back on people. It's like, if you think about a past employer or a manager that you've worked for, it, we all have these stories where it's just like, oh my gosh, we've all heard the term conditional praise. So that your manager comes to you and they're like, 
you know, you did a great job with that customer, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they throw the yeah. but. And that but undermines everything, devalues the compliment. Yes. And so when I think about looking at the world with a positive lens, yeah. it doesn't put the conditional in there. There is no but. This is how I see the world and I choose to see it that way. I look for the beauty, not for the ugliness. And if I do see the ugliness, it's like, okay, well, that's there. Can I help shift that? Can I help change that? And fortunately, there's a lot of people in the world doing great things that are making that those changes. Look at the climate change movement. It's incredible. All these yeah. people are like, yeah, look, there's lots of ugliness. I lived in Bali, Indonesia. Big pollution problem in Bali. Beautiful place. Not during the rainy season because all the junk ends up on the beach and in the water. And man, wow. it is ugly. Awful. But there's a lot of people doing good things to try to change that. You can't ignore the ugly, but we don't have to accept the ugly. And uh, so that's that idea of positivity for me. Oh, I love it. 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 That's amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. Uh, Thank you for all that you do to make the world a better place to create the positive impact that you're doing. I'm so blessed to be connected with you. And I, I just I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Candice, thank you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I'm looking forward to future conversations and staying connected. And uh, I love what you're doing. Just keep inspiring and educating, but also motivating people in fun ways. You know, you, you do that so beautifully. So thank you for the opportunity today. And, and for all those that are listening, uh, you know, I keep tuning in here because, man, you can't help but be inspired to, to really live your best life when you tune into Candice's podcast. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. Do you feel it? Do you feel it happening? Do you feel the shift happening already just by listening to that fantastic episode with Die Emanuel? Man, oh man, oh man. It just really just lit a energy in me while I was talking to him and I just, I am on a mission to, to, to not worry about the fear of the unknown because I rather that fear than any type of fear of staying the same and uh, staying in a place that uh, no longer serves me. And I hope you feel the same. And I hope that you got ways to start living with purpose and to have a life of fulfillment. If you guys like this episode, please let us know on the socials at Diamanual and at Spark Plug Wellness for Instagram. And also please rate and review the podcast. It truly does help me understand if I'm getting the right kind of value out to you guys. And it lets the value of my guests get out to more listeners. Plus, it is very, very, very appreciated. It is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.